Hello, welcome to Show Me Your Mic, the podcast where I talk to other podcasters about their podcasts. You can find it online at goodstuff.fm slash smym or on Twitter at smym underscore fm. I'm your host, Chris Enns, and for this episode, I've got Tyler Stallman. He's the host of Cameras or Whatever, a podcast that talks to a little more advanced photographers, not the 101 beginner stuff, but a little more detail, a little more in-depth, and uh, kind of like this show, I guess. I don't I guess I don't go too geeky either, but uh, we have a great chat about uh, his podcast as well as the internal video podcast that he does for uh, his place of employment. So hope you enjoy the show. Welcome if you're here from the iTunes featured section in the How to Podcast part of iTunes. Glad to have you. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Tyler. First of hey, all. thanks, Chris. <laughs> it's good to have a fellow Canadian and uh, even more fellower prairie. Uh, do, you, do Calgary people think of themselves as the prairies or do they think of themselves as the mountains? Yeah, I think so. I think it's flat enough around here. We're still <laughs> kind of in the prairies. But um, we have these amazing Chinooks that come through, which I don't know if they happen anywhere else, but it's this thing where super warm winds flow in and uh, bring us to much warmer temperatures than we should be, than we deserve to be in Canada. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, where, that's maybe the part where I sense the looking down from... Calgary friends look down their noses at us cold in Saskatchewan here as we, but uh, we've gotten some well, sort of I was, weird. I was excited when I first uh, listened to the first few shows and realized that you were in Canada because it doesn't seem often enough that I get into something and then it turns out they're, they're also up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, and it, I, I don't know if folks often realize or recognize that I, I assume we have a strong enough accent, but it feels like we have no accent. That's what it feels like to right. me, but but yeah, the other two guys who do good stuff with me are definitely, you know, not, well, definitely, I guess, whatever. They're Americans, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. people kind of assume by association that I'm also an American. But uh, luckily for us all, there's one Canadian here at least holding down the humility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, your podcast that you've started, which uh, is uh, Cameras and Stuff. <laughs> cameras or whatever cameras or whatever <laughs> sorry which I, I i right away i'm gonna acknowledge is the worst name but i <laughs> just i had been hung up long enough on you know i need to i need to get a podcast started and i don't want to not do it because i can't think of a good name so um i'm stuck with it but yeah and that's i think also one of those things too where you can spend forever trying to think of an amazing name and then it's just like Whatever you decide is what it'll become. And yeah. I, I think if the Foo Fighters had the career that they did with the name like Foo Fighters, then, yeah. you know, I, I, hopefully I can grow this a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I should, uh, I guess in, uh, preparing for the show, you, it was actually a, a great sort of bit of a uh, turn of events cause I didn't have a guest. And then last minute yesterday afternoon, uh, all of a sudden you had you booked in to be on the show today. And so that's in my sort of, uh, excuse i guess for maybe not being as prepared but uh it's still not a great excuse that's all <laughs> that's it. all right it was very <laughs> last minute and uh thanks for thanks for bringing me in so quickly yeah so um tell me i guess a bit about uh, where the show sort of started from for you well uh i actually had a show a while ago um probably around 2007 i was doing a show on my own and it kind of fizzled out um, just the motivation of doing something completely by myself. It was really easy to make a lot of excuses why not to record. And um, it, it, uh, it disappeared. And then I had this really amazing experience this summer 
at, uh, I was in New York and about to go to the top of the rock and the guy operating the elevator kind of gave me this like, Hey, I recognize you. Like, are you famous? I'm like, no, like I'm just, I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm from Canada. You don't, <laughs> we don't, we're not famous. He's like, no, no, you used to have a podcast. And I was just, you know, I was just shocked. Like I'm in uh, compl- one of the biggest cities in the world and somebody just listened to my show from years ago that I'd abandoned. So, um, so based yeah, on I, your voice, do you think, or was it, he recognized you from album art or whatever? That, yeah. From album art okay, and, yeah. uh, you know, being, it, it's being photography, there's, there's photos around and uh, linking to websites and stuff. So, right. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it, it's the most minor celebrity possible, but it was enough to feel like, you know, somebody actually was paying attention and, and maybe I should get back into it. Nice. And so now you're, you're about seven, seven episodes in and, uh, what's the motivation? I, I mean, I, I'm reading it, but just so folks who are listening know, what's the sort of focus and, and motivation for the show? Well, the idea is a photography podcast for uh, for photographers that are kind of already already working maybe or already shooting a lot. A lot of the podcasts I was trying to listen to about the topic of photography were trying to get people into it, a lot of 101 stuff and um, or, or just looking at it from angles that I don't really and I just felt like the, the, my view, there must be somebody else with my view of uh, looking for experienced people that are already working in the industry, giving their perspective on, um, on, on things they're working with every single day. Um, and then some of the other, there, there's another really great show uh, uh, on taking pictures, which is on the 5 by 5 network. And they, uh, they just kind of have a different angle that's a little bit of a more artistic background to it, whereas mine is a, maybe a little bit more business-oriented um, and, and trying to, you know, make a living off of, of your own art. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, Bill Wadman actually was on this show, I want to say maybe in the episode 30s, somewhere in there. I'll try oh. to find the link and put it in the show notes too. But I missed that one, so I'm going to yeah, go back. Yeah, back in the archives, back in the day, who knows, that's probably a year or so ago at least now, I think, but... Uh, um, yeah, and I, I, that's why I appreciate it, I guess, about the sort of bio for your show is that it does seem like there's a lot of like, here's how to get into photography. And it's kind of like the going after the Google Juice SEO value of mm-hmm. how to photograph a thing, X, Y, or Z, or whatever. Well, it was a, it was a decision to, to not do that because I know I'm cutting off a much bigger audience. There's, mm-hmm. there's way more people that are not photographers yet than people that currently are and would even understand some of the words that we throw around, right? Like, well really casually just drop the numbers of, you know, a 35, which can mean a 35 millimeter lens or 35 millimeter film, or, you know, it's, we're not always clear enough to somebody that hasn't spoken this language a little bit. And by doing that, it means that we can kind of cut to the chase for people that are familiar with this, but that if you aren't comfortable with the language, you might struggle a little bit. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a great way to do it, approach it. Um, uh, not make not apologizing for and having to stop every time to explain all the details. And I think that something similar to what this show actually does, where I try not to start from the beginning every time with every guest and walk right. through the basics, I guess, of how to podcast or whatever. But knowing full well, obviously, that there's plenty of shows like like that that are out there. And yeah, exactly. Stuff, so it it exists and people can find it. And like it's there's a big ecosystem, and we can just be a part of it. Yeah. Um, and so how I'm just curious about your original show. Just how was it like a two episode run thing or just and sort of hit and miss or, or did no, you go a little further you know, along? And I got, a, I got a bit further. I think it was about uh, 30 episodes in, like over the course of most of a year. Um, and it was tied into doing a lot of YouTube stuff. So mm. I, um, 
Well, here, I'll, maybe I'll give my kind of like photo background, sure. which will give some context to it. So uh, if, you're, if you've ever heard of iStock Photo, um, that's based out of Calgary. And I was a designer there when it was just kind of getting started. And uh, so shooting stock photography is really kind of where I come from. I started shooting for the site and eventually went to work for Getty Images after we were purchased and um, was designing for life.com. So, uh, you know, I've kind of been at a bunch of big photo websites. That was a lot of like the biggest experience that I had and during that time shooting for them. Um, so then the next one was uh, Saatchi Online, which is for the Saatchi Art Gallery. Um, and for that, I started doing these uh, walkthrough videos where uh, they were I, I think pretty well produced. Like I put a lot of effort into teaching people on uh, how to photograph your art. That was what it was specifically about. And I started getting just a really great response from that and putting out more content like that. That was just on my own, just trying to teach people how to do things that I had learned online. And for me, most of this learning came through YouTube videos, through Vimeo and through podcasts. And so I felt like I started to have this obligation to, to kind of give back in this same way. And let other people learn the same way that I learned. And um, so, yeah, I was, I was doing internal videos for them. Now I'm working for, uh, and, and along with my co-host, Cameron Whitman, um, we work at a site called Stocksy, and we sell stock photos too. But uh, I do an internal show there as well. So um, I, I kind of do two shows, but one of them is just for all our membership. And um, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, well, I guess that's why I didn't mention it because you can't go find it. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, together we both kind of do two shows and, um, they're, uh, I just like, I really like it. I really like the experience of be, like being on the other end of, um, giving out the information that I've just like sucked out of the internet. <laughs> it's a nice visual, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's a, and that's, um, is the, the internal one that you're doing for stocksy.com is that also audio podcast or do you do video as well with it? That one's video. Um, mm-hmm. so for that, we're on Google hangouts most of the time. Um, that one I've got a bit more of a solid workflow. If we're going to talk about the workflow for cameras or whatever, it's a bit of a mess. But <laughs> this one uh, is, is working pretty well. We kind of just record a Google Hangout and then I try to get separate audio. So um, I tried a new thing on, on this last episode. I haven't cut together yet, but I just recorded the live audio because I know that Hangouts puts out less compressed audio live. And then the file that it saves to YouTube is much more compressed. So uh, I'm going to splice the um, good live audio from the Zoom H4n that was just plugged into my computer and I'm going to mix that in and hopefully it'll sound nice. Other times I've done double enders with a few different video guests, which is a lot of editing to like jump back and forth between everybody, but it can be worth it. The, the audio, even a terrible mic, if you have the audio um, uncompressed, just makes the world of difference. So that's what I try to mix into it. Nice. That's yeah. That is a lot of work uh, adding video in. And I, what I was going to ask about, you know, the idea of a stock photography site. It sort of seems like you'd need to have almost, or you'd want to have some sort of visual element to it <laughs> to yeah, it show helps. off. But I think people have said that about cameras or whatever. Like, uh, you're just going to talk about it. <laughs> don't you have to see it? Right. And the, like the one episode, like I said, obviously you didn't have a ton of time to list each episode, but the last episode I listened to, episode seven, I think, was mm-hmm. on you know filters and workflows in using them in light inside Lightroom and 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 stuff like that. And so um, it is, it's, it is tougher to sort of, you have to 
be good at explaining, as I fumble yeah. over my words, good at explaining things visually without relying on a, a slide or a video or whatever to show exactly what you mean. But I thought the, your guest and, and what you guys dis- discussed was, was great as far as pulling me. I'm a very amateur hack photographer and had <laughs> placed, played around with Lightroom and would be embarrassed probably to show photos from there. But like even still... Knowing. Well, you know, if you got some of these filters, maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe it would look even better. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, we uh, we do our best to describe it. I, the reason I'm so passionate about listening to podcasts and have been for a long time is because I don't I don't have time to watch nearly as many videos. You know, it's that's the, that's the big limiter, and it's why a lot of videos would be you know maximum of like ten or twenty minutes um, because it's so much more of a commitment to have your eyes and ears focused at the same time. But I have a lot of time to listen. So while I'm uh, doing photo work or design work, I can just sit there and with my headphones on and um, get, I can get through a lot of audio episodes of, of different shows in a week. And I, I, again, it was one of those, I, I know it could be a bit more useful as a video, but I'm sure there's someone else out there like me that just doesn't uh, have as much time to, to, to watch YouTube. Yeah, and that's even... Uh, I- well, you can. The nice thing about YouTube is you can look and see stats and views and, on other people's videos. And like, you know, popular mm-hmm. podcasts that I know of that are, you know, hugely popular in audio form. You can look at the videos and there's 200 views or whatever. Which, <laughs> right. I mean, for somebody who doesn't have any views, that's great. But for a podcast that probably has 30,000 downloads or something, it's yeah, it's it's obviously the the focus needs to be on audio. Do you ever wish that uh, th- that we had the same views thing as on YouTube for podcasts? Because I always have this experience of some of my favorite shows. I'm like, how many other people are into this with me? Am I the only one that thinks this is really successful? <laughs> or yeah. do they actually, is there a group of, of, is there a community out there that also loves this as much as I do? Well, that's where I think, um, it's, it's interesting you bring that up. We've I had that discussion with the other founders of Good Stuff because I was thinking, obviously we have our own stats for our downloads and, or maybe that's not obvious, but we do. And uh, I don't know what of any podcaster that doesn't know their own stats, they a certain amount of vanity and ego <laughs> that goes yeah, along yeah. with this but but it was a discussion i was having with them I was like should we just turn on a because we could hook it into the web website ourselves and and just publicize the download numbers like go visit it today and mm-hmm. see what it because it's it's one of those things that feels like we're as if we're talking about how much we earned last year but it's not <laughs> the same like it's it is yeah. different it's tied well, sometimes I, to sponsorship but i'm in favor of it i, I think it'd be great if you guys led on that. Um, well, and the thing is, I think that whether it feels like showing your payslip or not is uh, kind of how you are trained on that site because you're, you are used to it on YouTube. So you don't, you don't blink, you don't mind. Um, yeah. And I think it's only because it's never been exposed for podcasters that we would feel like it's strange to talk about. But Well, if you, and if anybody is using something like SoundCloud, it is public. Like you, I think mm-hmm. maybe there's an option to flip it off if you're paying, I'm not sure, but um so you can, yeah, and that's where, and even the thing like, um, well, um, show me your mic is in the iTunes how to podcast section now. And so we're, you know, internally, we're obviously curious, is that going to result in a bump or so if you're a listener because mm-hmm. of that, welcome here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for thus far, we haven't seen a huge bump and there's other factors, obviously, like, well, the most recent episode of this show was downloaded 472 times as of this recording. So whatever that means to you doesn't it's uh, there it is yeah and it's uh i, I did it I, <laughs> I feel so relieved now but um i mean this show for example the first 30 episodes or whatever was always like 150 downloads or something and so it's it's growing it's not like in the 10,000 per episode download range that you need I'm, for like amazing sponsorship but then that's the funny thing is like people listening to this show or other shows can obviously tell if they're getting to that level because they start 
talking about Squarespace or, t- right, right. <laughs> or well, whatever. And that's, that's thoughts. I put thought into that with this show that, um, you know, the goal is not sponsorship. I'm not doing this to be a, a podtrepreneur. Um, <laughs> it would be, I, you know, but it would be great. And what I thought about is that leaving that really big market of newbies off the table means that I know my audience is at a certain level. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a certain sophistication about the topic. And I know that if I go to any sponsor, I can say like, look, anybody listening to the show, understands photography and you're going to be talking directly to a group of people that are really comfortable with um, spending money on cameras or um, yeah. camera accessories. They understand what more technical strange gear is and um, that I would hope with a smaller audience, there's greater value to that audience. Yeah. And that's certainly like, and you can do, you know, eventually at some point you can do the sort of market research thing on your audience and, you know, gauge what they're earning or whatever, if you really want to go down that road. But, um, but yeah, that's, I think the similar idea with this, I remember I was probably too early in approaching some folks, but thinking like, okay, I'm not doing the podcasting one-on-one stuff. I'm talking to podcasters generally who have gotten over that hurdle of spending money on this hobby. So going to a company like B&H or whoever it happens to be that, you know, it was, I can't remember who I approached at the time, but they weren't really interested in doing it because it just wasn't big enough or whatever the reason was. But, but yeah, I think that's, it makes sense in every other medium where when they know they're talking to specifically rather than just throwing everything against the wall and hoping something sticks, they are able to actually talk right to the ears of the, the people who love in your case, photography or. Yeah. We should be doing a a show just for the billionaire show. Right. Um, You'll only be interested (laughs) if you have a, an eight figure income. Exactly. Uh, Somehow pretend like we know what we're talking about. (laughs) Well, I I should also, since you put it out on the, you you shared it, I'll say that our our latest episode is at 193 downloads right now. Nice. Um, That, that filters one just so that it's, it's not only, only sharing the numbers. (laughs) But that's, it's totally a, yeah, it's a funny thing that, um, and there's like in the tech circles that I read and stuff, I know like, um, you can visit the, the site that does the sponsorship for that show says, let's say the talk show, John Gruber, I think, you know, on, on the sponsorship site that, that manages the sponsor says this gets around, I don't remember the number, but let's say it's 50,000 downloads an episode. So that's why you're going to pay $4,000 an episode for sponsorship. And they have to put that there because otherwise they'd be fielding emails and whatever every week asking that question. So, um, Well, in one of the companies that I've worked for, we actually, I, I, I always try to pitch every company I work for on sponsoring podcasts because I think it's, I really do think it's the best way to communicate with an audience. So uh, we actually, I, I had them get quotes from uh, Gruber and um, some other, what I consider to be sophisticated shows. So, I mean, the, a show like the talk show is a great example because anybody willing to listen to three hours of this <laughs> Um, I don't like, there's a certain, there's a certain person and I like that person and I, you know, I can feel a kinship with them and that they might like appreciate the, the types of products that I'm interested in getting sponsored. Unfortunately, I don't hold the purse strings, purse strings at any of these companies, so it hasn't happened yet, but (laughs) yeah, it's a, it's interesting. I actually listened to, uh, an episode or interview with Lex Friedman who works at the mid roll, which is sponsorship company that's our podcasting company that does sponsorship purely and mm-hmm. he was talking about how it has been changing now thanks to things like serial and and some of the bigger name podcasts that are hitting the mainstream more that those discussions that he has with um, marketing departments is getting easier where it used to be like he'd have to explain what a podcast is now right. they're he can at least say it's like serial and they all go oh well mailchimp right and yeah. you know that it's at least understood and then he has to you know probably convince them how much to spend or whatever but 
you know, maybe that'll become the biggest benefit of these breakout shows, the, the serials and the uh, startup and all that, is that it may not even be that that many more people start listening to podcasts. I haven't come across way more normal people that are yeah. crazy about podcasts now and downloading every show they can find, but more the, the education of especially yeah, sponsors or the public are just being more comfortable with the term and the, the concept. Yeah, and and willing to put some dollars into it, knowing that there is a more audience there. It's not just nerds in their basement, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's mainstream. Their, yeah, nerds in their basements making the podcast, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious with the the hangouts you mentioned. This isn't directed to your public show, but the, with your using hangouts and stuff for internal production, um, and so you're distributing that as a video through a, like a private YouTube channel, or do you do actually like sort of a private podcast feed or how do you that's distribute through that? a private uh, Vimeo channel, which oh, is, right. yeah. uh, that's actually part of the reason that it's video is because there, it was hard to find something we could distribute really easily. Um, that wasn't, I don't, I didn't just want to host a audio file and let people download it. Like the video, I really like the, I don't know, the engagement that we're getting through it. So Vimeo has been great for that. If you have a pro account, you can set certain things to um, private and it's only accessible through uh, our website. So as members log in, they can go to a private area. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's worked out really well. It was, I looked into it with YouTube a lot. I mean, it'd be great because what would be helpful for us is if we could do say, um, private hangouts on air, mm-hmm. but you, you just, you can't, um, so, but the way you can only do that is that it's private because if nobody has the URL, yeah. But that, but that's about it. And um, sort so, of, I, I guess, know, you, some limitations there. Yeah, you could like create a public or a private Google Plus group that everybody had to be a part of, and then you'd throw the link in there. And then, but it does create sort of a yeah. a mess as far as just getting people to just if it's going to well, be too hard to tune in and engage. I guess. Actually, I did the, the first the first two episodes of this we recorded as Hangouts on Air, and I just posted them straight to YouTube. It was it was this building like I hadn't named the show yet. I was like, I have to do this. Let's just hit record, and um, so we did. And, and the great thing about Hangouts on Air is you can just do the instant publish thing, and it's really informal. And I, I liked that experience. Um, the only thing is, I started becoming a little too much of a, a control freak and wanting to edit a little bit more. <laughs> And to really clean up a video is a lot more time consuming than cleaning up an audio file. So mm-hmm. generally my, the way I attack a show is I try to clean up the first about 20 minutes or half hour to, to feel the most fluid. My idea being that any new listeners are going to be less patient with ums and ahs. So oh, yeah, uh, that's a good approach. Yeah. I, I basically spend however much time I have before the show needs to go live. I just, clean up the front, I, you know, take out the worst pauses, anything really like just awkward where you're like, uh, I, I wish that had gone better. Yeah. Um, and then usually you'll hear more of a raw show towards the end. Cause I'm like, okay, if you stuck around this long, then uh, you must care about what we're talking about. So, yeah. And that's actually a great approach. Cause I've, I know I've heard of folks who go through diligently through the whole thing to try and edit out everything, but I, there's a, a, sort of natural language part of it angle that I appreciate of just hearing some of the, I mean, you can look, I mean, we mentioned, we mentioned the talk show, but like, you know, sometimes it's a little too raw where like you can hear Gruber <laughs> just chewing on something or whatever. And like, obviously he can get away with it, I guess, but that's not my style, but, um, well, but some of the people that are, do it like, uh, you know, Merlin Mann obviously has, uh, or the, like the snorts and Roderick on the line. There's a lot of, there's a lot of messiness to it, but they also speak very well. Yeah. They, you know, they can, they can pull it off. If <laughs> I, I don't feel like I'm quite as eloquent, I'm not able to, to pull off the same amount of mistakes. So, uh, yeah. you know, you have to be at a certain <laughs> level for that to not be distracting. 
do or you, to be forgiving. Do you, is that the same for both your the videos, like the internal stuff, as well as your audio? No, the video just comes out oh, okay. uh, yeah. basically as it is. The only thing I'll take out like a, a big mistake or you know a glitch, things like that. But um, other than that, it kind of kind of comes out as it is. But uh, for that, we have an audience that um, they're all people that are working at kind of you know working for us. They're selling their photos through our site, so they're really. They they want to hear what we're saying, and I'm not as worried about them um, dropping right. out or being disinterested. So, right. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it's. Um, I've said before on this show that Hangouts seems like a vastly underutilized service, and and as much as us audio snobs sometimes put turn down our noses at some of the quality, like you were referencing earlier on there, the tools and and, and stuff that's available to you is pretty crazy and uh it's not something i i help a buddy with a, a podcast show that he's launching and editing out some video like even using youtube's online editor for a video is painful especially if you're used to <laughs> final cut or whatever the precision isn't there that's right, for sure right. but um, all that being said the fact that you can just literally turn on a webcam and be streaming out live to whoever wants to tune in and then it you know within minutes it's flipped around and can be watched by anybody Oh, it's amazing. Um, yeah. It's, it just kind of blows my mind sometimes. Maybe it's a bit of the back in my day we had to do X, Y, and <laughs> <Yeah>. Z feeling. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's the only real downside, the worst part about the Hangouts audio is the compression. If you just listen to the file that it saves to your YouTube account, um, the, the, the audio as it's happening is pretty good. Um, I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily hear the difference between that and Skype. It's not, it's not a big degradation. If you record what's actually happening well, you broadcast. Right. Um, so I'm curious, actually, this with that, you're not, so you're not as concerned with, um, people aren't actually tuning in live while you're recording it, right? No, so not at you're all. You're just using the tool to record or to facilitate the discussion. Yeah. So that both so that it can record the video with auto cutting, um, so that it jumps with, while people talk and also so that it, um, uh, I can have more people. Like we actually had yesterday we were doing, I think it's seven people in the show. So, right. <laughs> Which would be a mess trying to do it with like, you know, not a mess. You can but, do it with like yeah, wire I just wouldn't even try. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You wouldn't happen yeah. five years ago or whatever. So, um, And so then you're recording, like you said, you're recording your audio. You have another computer with the stream being played live back. Uh, well, no, it's all through the same uh, computer. I just am running out in, into a Zoom recorder and, and it captures what was happening live at, at high quality. Nice. Yeah. And you haven't had trouble matching that up with the video as far as... Safety. Oh, I have trouble. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah I, I just put the time into it. Um, it's, it's not that much... It's not, it's not hard. It's just you have to go through the whole thing. It's just a bit time consuming. Um, but it, then that is part of my job there. So I don't mind putting in a little extra effort to get the production up. Um, whereas the stuff that I'm doing, for the cameras or whatever, so more of my own show, I am more concerned about, um, speed because I, I, it's in the little free time that I have. So I try to get it out as, as quickly as I can. Right. Yeah. And as far as the, uh, so are you editing it in something like Final Cut then afterwards or what do you use to edit the, to going back to the Hangout or the video stuff? Yeah, yeah. The Hangout stuff is in in Final Cut. Um, yes. And has a, the Final Cut Pro X been a good experience for you or are you? It has. I really like it. I've been yeah. using Premiere more lately. I've been trying to get really comfortable with it for the more advanced video stuff that I'm doing. Like uh, this weekend I was shooting a 4K um, uh, 4K video in S log, meaning that like all of the color needs to be done very carefully because um, it looks like junk straight out of the camera and it's really high resolution files and it's kind of hard and complicated. And Final Cut 
feels like it simplifies a bit too much for that. But at the same time, it's so simple for things that that are simple. I mean, with the, the Hangout, all you get is a single long video file and then you're just going to layer some audio under it. And for that, it's perfect. Uh, the magnetic timeline is the, f- the fastest way I've ever found to work with anything. It's, it, it just is, it, it wants to, it wants to make the video watchable for you. Whereas with something like Premiere or the way it was in Final Cut 7, you would pull out a section of video or an audio and uh, you could accidentally leave a big hole in your, in your video. And Final Cut uh, 10 really wants to keep it as, as watchable as possible. It, do, it doesn't let you break it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it tries, it helps, it helps you as best you can anyways. And yeah. And then <laughs> there's still times when you screw up or whatever, or I yeah, screw yeah. up anyways. I, oh yeah. I for you, but <laughs> we, we all screw up. <laughs> um, and, uh, cause it was well, rabbit trail, but the, the magnetic timeline is great, but then I, f- I've forgotten or I forget how to say like lock a audio clip or whatever down somewhere like music cue I'm thinking of sorry where maybe you don't want it to shuffle along or whatever and then you have to go mm-hmm. back and yeah yeah remember that can be, that, that that can be weird sometimes like if a, if a clip is locked to an, another clip and you don't realize you can delete the first clip and then they both disappear yeah you know, that's that's the specific thing I accidentally do all the time yeah because <laughs> you're you're as part of your I don't know if it's your day job or your own business you do video work as well just looking at your site installment.com yeah, I do. As well, so it's not. I really do like a lot of very different things. Uh, me and my wife do our like photo and video business. We do that together. So the photography, like she shoots about half of it, um, and and even when I'm shooting a lot, like most of the time we're working together. So um, she's just not as nerdy as I am. So she she came on the first episode of cameras or whatever, but uh, doesn't doesn't care as much about the gear. So I'm I, I'm the voice of voice of the gear. Somebody's right. got to speak for the gear, right? Exactly. <laughs> I know the feeling. I, I dragged my wife onto a podcast, the first podcast I did to try and just, I needed a voice to, to talk with. <laughs> right, right. And uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm going to take a little quick break, speaking of sponsors earlier, but it'll take a quick break for a sponsor and then we'll get into some, a bit more of the gear that you use for recording your audio podcast. Um, but uh, this episode is brought to you by uh, Campaign Monitor, which we talk about a lot here at Good Stuff. They've been a founding member, founding sponsor of Good Stuff. We really appreciate all their support. They make sending email super easy to your clients, to potential clients. And uh, if you need to send an email campaign in a hurry, you can try your hand at their template builder and have a responsive email template ready in 60 seconds. With Canvas, uh, their template builder system, you can check it out at canvas.cm. It makes it amazingly easy to get an awesome template up and then get your content in there because just like with podcasting the goal is to send out the email not to spend a whole bunch of time fudging around with divs and tables and all that garbage that web nerds like me and my day job have to mess around with so campaign monitor makes your email looks look amazing on all sorts of devices all sorts of uh, browsers and and all the different uh, email clients that are out there that people are using you can, uh, I've been toying with setting up a new podcast and I set up a quick list in there with a subscriber form, sent it out to friends and, and people who are interested in maybe in being on this podcast, set up auto groups and interests and things like that right on the list, made it super easy to use and, uh, and still looks professional enough that it's not just sending a quick email out of Outlook or mail.app or whatever. And so, um, we use it here. Good stuff as well for our newsletter, goodstuff.fm slash newsletter, which you can check out, sign up for if you're interested in updates from Good Stuff. And uh, Campaign Monitor featured a recent design that we did and that was 
by no means a professional designer <laughs> involved myself and uh, involved in that. And it was featured in one of their articles and, and uh, just more of a testament to how easy it is to use their tools to make great looking emails. So thanks to Campaign Monitor for supporting good stuff and show me your mic. So the, um, for the audio side, your, your podcast, what, uh, what gear and stuff have you picked up or used as an excuse to pick up? <laughs> well, the, the audio stuff, um, there's sort of two sides. Well, like I have not settled on a workflow. Actually, every time we go to set up, it again, feels like the exact same battle each time. Um, but the basics are that I, I got the Heil PR40. Um, nice. Uh, for me, because of Leo Laporte, I know like Dan Benjamin recommends them a lot, but I have... I've been really obsessed with Twit. <laughs> really, I shouldn't say obsessed. I've, I've loved Twit since the beginning. And <laughs> it's okay to be obsessed with something. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> I just feel like if, if it's good enough for Leo, it's good enough for me. Um, so, yeah, I think we all like, we kind of want to emulate those shows that we really like. And I, I also, um, when I have guests on, they're using the Sure SM58. And it's funny because I listen afterwards and I just have this feeling, I'm like, I'm not substantially better. Like, <laughs> even the 58 sounds pretty nice. Um, yeah. That's what Cameron, my co-host, is on as well. Um, but I didn't want to ever have that feeling of that. I maybe it could be better if only I had the high, then I, then I would be happy. Um, so I just wanted to, to jump in right away. <laughs> well, and, and coming from camera gear guy, I know it's probably not that foreign a concept to spend a couple bucks on gear. It's, it's, uh, it's right. relative it's, to a lens. It's pretty cheap actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, it's just part of the, part of the thing. And also buying an expensive mic locks me into having to do this podcast. I can't drop out cause I'll have a expensive yeah. mic sitting <laughs> on my desk. Yeah, exactly. And um, I always figured the way I did it to justify it was, uh, cause often people ask me like, how did you justify buying a PR40 in a mixer and stuff? And I figured if it fizzles out for me, uh, there'll be some other podcast nerd who's just getting into this that I can pawn it off. On. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, gear does hold its value in ways that a lot of other things don't. Yeah, exactly. Do, so, were, were you already doing shows when you got your high, or did you do it like before you started? No, I had done. I had done some uh, basics, kind of like testing, uh, like a, a show on Survivor, like sort of recapping the, t the reality show Survivor and stuff, right, and right. just kind of like playing around and nothing, sort of seriously putting it out there, kind of thing, but just messing around with the basic mechanics of recording a podcast and getting it iTunes and all that kind of stuff just to sort of know that I actually, it wasn't that I, yeah, I didn't just buy this stuff and then figure out how to <laughs> And podcast. then see if you were interested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, I interrupted your, started with your, you got the PR40. Yeah. Well, and then it's uh well, it's on a, a Heil arm and then I'm going to follow the train to, uh, I've got um, an Avid, an Avid inbox from now inbox is owned by a different company, but it's been great to me. It's just a, you know, simple in-out device um, for the computer. Uh, I can and I have a bunch of audio stuff I already had just from video production as well. So, like, I have a mixer that's sitting right beside me, not plugged into anything. That's the um, Alasis Multimix Eight. And so, I've done. I've done one of the episodes. I did the whole um, mix minus setup, where everything's running in and out of the computer. And what I discovered is it's a lot of cables. It's yeah. a really big mess. Um, so I don't know if I like that. That's why I, I don't know if I'm actually even going to plug it back in. It's just the desk space gets pretty disorderly. Yeah. Um, and so what I, what I did, the last one, I actually just did a really simple call recorder um, on both ends. And those are the easiest to cut together because it already lines up. But sometimes you end up with audio issues with their side. So um, 
other times I've done I've done uh, the double ender as well and had him record. So I've been actually just jumping around and trying every everybody that has a successful show seems to have a completely different method of doing it. So I've kind of been testing out what everybody's described and honestly haven't settled on something that feels right for for me the balance of speed and quality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's or do you often have guests on? Like I mean, I know you have a co-host, but do you have guests as well? Every yeah, we've had guests or? on, I guess, three three times out of, well, we, we recorded episode eight now, and that'll be out soon, so we're, you know, three out of eight. Um, and yeah, I try to kind of often, I, like, I know a lot of people that that are passionate about this too, so I'd really like to bring them on as an extra voice, and so far they've all been in, uh, here in the studio with me, so. Oh, nice, yeah. Yeah. Is that your co-host is in studio as well, or? Is- no, he's in Washington, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've only met in person, I think, once. But uh, but yeah, no, he's been he's been really great. Yeah, well, that's funny. That's yeah, the guys I do with good stuff here. We've never met in person either. And oh, the well. closest we've been is uh, Tim and I were in opposite ends of a Minneapolis terminal one time when I was flying through. <laughs> but how did you guys connect? Then how did you get to know each other without? Uh... Uh, we were both uh, actually. They were on my show on this show actually when it first started, and uh, I think was the transition and then we did a podcast together called actually well yeah good stuff there's it started with adam clark and tim smith and i originally and adam clark stepped out about a month ago and then kyle roderick stepped in and so yeah through podcasting basically is how we've all kind of met and kept up and and got going with this so cool uh, we all knew that each other was you know obviously interested enough in this medium to to do it on our own originally and so Mm -hmm. uh, yeah it's been fun challenging and fun but uh, <laughs> just like running a business <laughs> of course so um but that's fun that's good that you've been able to do in person uh and and have you had any issues as far as mixing you know you have your guest coming or sorry your guest in studio and your co-host on skype or whatever uh, the biggest issue i had was on the last one uh having the two mics in like because i'm actually in in my photo studio so there's cement ceilings and wood floors and nothing on the wall right um, so it's <clears throat> i really have terrible sound in here but uh, once you have two mics in that room, all of a sudden you get this like slap back from each one. So the person that is a few feet away um, getting picked up in the, through the bleed, the, the echo is so strong that I had to, I couldn't, um, I couldn't like use the ducking to, to or um, what am I trying to say? The uh, noise gate wouldn't take out the other person. There was so, such oh, a yeah, yeah. strong echo. Um, so it was manually having to kind of ride the the faders the whole time. So that was a bit of a, a mess if you're in a really n- bad noise room, which I am. Um, but the, as far as like sending the audio in and out, I've a few times I've actually just the, I realized that this mix minus thing isn't that important if you're with somebody that you feel comfortable with because uh, Cameron just can hear me through the computer if I need to. I don't actually need to send him my real audio, and he, he doesn't mind or even really notice. Um, so sometimes I've just let the audio that I'm recording for myself be separate from, um, recording his audio. And that can be a really easy way to keep the, the clean different tracks of, of each of us. Um, right. And then the, the one part I was wondering about is your guest in studio hearing what Cameron is saying. How are you managing to do that? Or does the inbox have, you just do like a headphone splitter or what do you? Yeah. The inbox just kind of has enough outs. Right. It, it, yeah, it, it has like a monitor out so at the back, and I send one of those to a headphone. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's funny how sometimes it's uh, 
technically it can be easier to have people remote <laughs> on Skype oh. and things and rather than have like you said with cables and cords and stuff yeah. it's almost sometimes easier to have them be remote rather than in studio because it just kind of complicates everything honestly it has been it's been much easier and i would need less gear if nobody was ever in studio and i could always but the challenge is like when i want to bring in guests um there's people i know in in, in other cities i'd love to bring in but they don't have a real microphone um, right and it isn't i don't want it to be distractingly bad i don't want them to talk into their computer or into their headset uh I, like i'd like it to it doesn't have to be amazing there's just this threshold and it's like as long as it's this good, nobody will mind. Um, and I, I just, I, I hope for people to get to, the, to that level. So I've started considering like, if you're, if you're going to promise to come on more than five times, I'll send you a super cheap <laughs> USB <laughs> mic from uh, Amazon or something just to, because it doesn't take much. You can spend so little on the absolute cheapest mic you can find. And it's infinitely better than talking at your computer. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Uh, I don't know if you listen to past past episodes, but uh, I I don't have one yet, so I can't say that I'm using it and recommending it that that for that reason. But just it's become a very popular recommendation is the Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred is a USB slash XLR microphone. It sells for I think about sixty bucks on Amazon and uh, comes with a little tripod even. And um, yeah, is what I definitely would recommend in that situation. And uh, yeah, that's the one I look at. I listen to to Ray Otega's show as well. So yeah, he, exactly. He talks about it all the time. Yeah, and that's when he on that episode, like I've mentioned before, he <laughs> switched halfway through from a PR forty to that one. And it's kind of did, like, did that make you angry? <laughs> <laughs> well, a little bit. Yeah, I was kind of like, I don't, I don't want to know that. <laughs> it doesn't sound <laughs> yeah. that much different, really. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's oh, where great. again he's coming in through Skype, and so there is uh, uh, that's what I'll at least helps me sleep at night anyways. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know I'm sure there's a few PR40 fans or owners who are kind of like a little tear went down their eye as they, <laughs> you know what? I see people do that with photography too. You can do a, you can do a comparison of a, there's a hundred dollar, um, 50 millimeter lens. That's kind of what everybody it's like, Hey, you're getting into photography, mm-hmm. go spend a hundred bucks on this lens and you can get blurry background photos. And it looks just as good as an expensive 50 millimeter lens. This is a really common recommendation. I do it all the time because at a glance it does. But as you become more familiar with like working with a cheaper version and more expensive version of the same style of lens, mm-hmm. it is very obvious the difference. Yeah. It, 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 and I, I don't have that same comfort with audio yet, but I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> that there, that difference uh, is is there as well. well I'm just the, not sophisticated enough. Yeah, to the one problem with that analogy, I think, is and maybe somebody can email me and tell me where I'm breaking it down wrong. But the, you know, if it'd be like I guess you're taking your raw photo from your five thousand dollar camera and you export it and compress it down to like thirty percent compression or whatever in jpeg <laughs> right, yeah. and that's what you get to see and then can you tell the difference and say yeah because yeah, we're getting, compressing it down to mp3 here and like yes you could tell the difference in some ways but i don't know i'm i'm yeah, skeptical that <laughs> close <laughs> we'll see but uh i was still sleep okay knowing i have a nice looking pr40 in front of me and yeah, it, at least it looks nice yeah if nothing else <laughs> have you seen have you seen leo's gold yeah uh, pr40 yeah yeah, that's. I guess there's always something to still. Yeah, up. exactly. <laughs> there's always one step up, and it's it is something where, like I said earlier, it's it's a it's a hobby and it's an interest, and and obviously you know that will determine whether it's something some people buy, whatever really 
lots of 49ers jerseys or whatever your team happens to be and set up their right. home with all the gear and stuff. And I happen to set up my home with podcasting gear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. People do spend a lot of money on other weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just, it's more niche. It's not what they're doing. So it, it might seem weird, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's what we're into. So yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Is there any other, I think, uh, covering all covered all the sort of stuff that you're you're probably using there. yeah i don't know i'm looking at like the mess on my computer <laughs> uh, the, the only other thing i'm not I'm, I'm still a little unsure of is i've still been recording everything internally to the computer but then also externally to a like audio recorder just because i'm really afraid of crashing <laughs> yeah and it hasn't happened yet but i when i hear about it happening um i would just hate to lose an hour because of a because a computer falls apart yeah. So I've been doing this like backup thing so far, but it's kind of a pain and I don't always want to do that. So is that with the, the H4N that you use or what? You yeah, other? yeah. Yeah. The H4N. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I don't have. And I, I've been curious about, uh, I know I talked to Ray about that too, is, is some sort of portable, whether it's Zoom 5, H5 or whatever, but um, both for backup on a regular podcast, but then having the ability to go into the field a little bit more too, if I wanted to do a uh, in-person interview somewhere else or whatever and not have to obviously lug a mixer in a <laughs> Mike yeah. Well, they're getting more affordable all the time. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So I have the advantage with the live stream that we do. Uh, so just, I guess for reference, um, if you happen to not be aware at good stuff, we stream a lot of our shows live, um, and show me your mic is one of them. You can listen to goodstuff.fm slash live. There's a chat room, uh, where guests can get feedback and, and things like that. For example, uh, one listener told me that it was episode 19 of, uh, show me your mic that Bill Wadman was on. So I help me out there. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I will go back and listen to that. Yeah. Um, and so we listen live or record live. Um, you can listen live. And uh, usually this show records Tuesday mornings. Uh, you can check good stuff that I have slash schedule for the actual calendar um, to see in your time zone. I won't bother trying to explain time zones because I get screwed up all the time. So I think we're on the same or we know we're different right now, right? Uh, yeah, I think we're one different. <laughs> Where I'm 11 o'clock, you're 12? Uh, no, way. I'm 10. Okay. Yeah. See, there you go. That's <laughs> why, yeah. that's why I have computers yeah. to do that for me. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. But, uh, but yeah, if you want to tune in live, that, that'd be awesome. Uh, I would love to have you as a listener that way, but of course, you know, the typical subscribe in the podcasts, all that kind of thing in iTunes, et cetera. Um, the last thing we cover on the show that, uh, is just listening or listing some of the podcasts that you listen to and also the apps that you happen to listen to them on. But before we get there, and I'll give you a chance to maybe grab your iPhone or whatever you happen to listen to them on, uh, I just want to thank the second sponsor of for, uh, Show Me Your Mic is a Small Orange. They have a simple vision, perfecting hosting while maintaining a homegrown feel with a focus on people, their customers, their employees, and their community. A Small Orange isn't like those big hosting conglomerates. They don't promise unlimited plans that are actually hindered by hidden limitations. Instead, you're only responsible for paying for the resources you need. Whether you're just starting your own blog or you're running a powerful e-commerce site, they have a plan for you. And before I could really recommend them, I wanted to try using a small orange myself. So I recorded a screencast of myself walking through basically setting up a website and domain registration, all that, you know, the stuff that if you hosted websites and built websites before are very common for you. But if you're sort of just getting started, I wanted to see how easy they were to use and, and sort of the comfort level of it. And, uh, I put that up on, I said, <laughs> either the worst or the funniest domain, since it was free with the, with my sign up at a small orange, uh, setting up, setting up WP for blogging and profit.biz. 
is the, the URL, uh, setting up WordPress for plug, pro, blogging and profit.biz. That's what I decided to go with. And uh, there's a YouTube video there of, of just my 30 minute basically from start to finish getting WordPress installed on a brand new domain with a small orange. So um, you can check the link in the show notes at goodstuff.fm slash SMYM slash 69 for uh, how to get to a small orange. And thanks to them for sponsoring this episode of Show Me Your Mic. So, uh, yeah, did that, do you have a podcast that you listen to? You obviously mentioned Twit and uh, a few others. Yeah, this is my favorite part. I, I, could, I wanted to come on this show just to talk about how much I love everybody else's podcasts. <laughs> I should just have a Show Me Your Podcast uh, secondary show. <laughs> yeah, we could have, a whole, we could have a whole show, Show Me Your Podcast. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a big fan of Overcast. Um, it's the first thing that brought me away from the podcasts app, the Apple Podcast app. Um, the audio engine in it is amazing. Is Everybody would always mention things like the... Um, smart speed let me get through a lot more like something about the algorithm as it plays fast is listenable and it's just something that nobody else has really gotten right even even other apps like audible's um internal app when you play it you know one and a half times speed does not sound great and uh, i really like the way that that overcast works for that so i often listen to like news shows at you know like one and a half speed and then more thought thought piece shows um a bit slower do you do the like the I forget what he called it the like skipping gap skipping? Yeah, yeah, that's the well. smart speed one. Oh, that's smart that, speed. Okay, yeah. it, which I, I kind of wish I could just apply that to my show, right? <laughs> just <laughs> make everybody listen to it with this this on, and I swear it'll sound more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then for shows that I'm into, uh, well, Roderick on the line is my. I get excited every time it comes on. Did you order um, a shirt? Yeah, and every, I mean everything that Merlin does. I'm definitely a fan. Did you order a shirt already for? Oh no, uh, I saw oh. a tweet, but I haven't looked at it yet. Okay. I, I probably should. <laughs> uh, a great show from BBC is "No Such Thing as a Fish," which is uh, part of the QI family, so it's just trivia. Uh, the talk show we mentioned, "The Skeptic's Guide to the Galaxy," is kind of a like sciency chat show. Twit NPR. Um, I just started listening to a show called "Extra Shot," which is about video production. Um, and yeah, those are them. Uh, I mean, there's many more, but I've been going through start. the back catalog of You Look Nice Today. Oh, yeah. That's always good to do. Is that yeah. your first time through or are you? Yeah, no, I, I, I had missed it. I, when Merlin disappeared from, from uh, Mac break, and actually uh, he kind of just disappeared to me. I didn't see him for quite a while. So I think that's when he was doing You Look Nice Today. And I finally caught up when, uh, you know, Roderick came on my radar. So yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> a good show. That's another one where, uh, uh, makes it sounds like it's done really well. Like they are all great talkers, but it also mm-hmm. is, involves a ton of editing by Adam Lissagore, <laughs> from what I hear. So right, um, and that makes me feel a little better. But maybe it's okay to to clean up your audio a little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder what kind of uh, rabbit trails and discussions get left on the sort of virtual. Yeah, don't you want to hear the cutting room floor yeah. version? I've always wondered. <laughs> As they get progressively more um, liquored up, I guess. And <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But cool. Well, that's a good good list. And uh, you mentioned that uh, one of your favorite part of this show is podcasts that are listened to by other people. Um, do you find the show notes way of listing sort of listing them off helpful? I'm just curious from how I've been publishing my show. Is I that- haven't ended up checking for that. I usually go to show notes if it's um a lot of the time. I use a show note when I like vaguely remember that somebody mentioned something mm-hmm. two weeks ago. 
And I'm like, I just, I know it sounded interesting at the time and I don't remember what it was called or what it was even about. And then I'll, I'll go back and check the show notes. And I've, I do that all the time to find things. Um, but if something sparks my interest right away, I'll usually just you know, Google it or yeah. uh, make a note in my phone and then and get it later or something like that. Yeah. And that's what I find too is I, I often use like the sort of Google site search on like say, you know, you mentioned five by five or, or where even for my own show where I know somebody mentioned some piece of gear, I'll just do a site search for that. Um, on goodstuff.fm as a site and then you know whatever the term was to find it more so than remembering oh it was on episode 70 of or i guess i haven't had that yet but (laughs) or whatever somebody said that and uh and or like finding bill wadman's episode i probably would have just done a site search rather than trying to remember yeah that's right i mean most of the power of show notes i think is that the obviously an audio format is really hard to crack into google can't see inside of it so it's like it gives the um it's a searchable version of your show Mm -hmm. um I actually, one time I tried doing, uh, there's a site called Fiverr where you can pay people five bucks to just do things. Right. And I had somebody transcri- uh, transcribe uh, one of the videos that I did um, just so I could, I don't know, I edited it as like closed caption and I did it as a blog post just for fun to see what it's like. And it was kind of, I think it was a good idea. Like you can have a searchable audio version of your thing and it's, I don't know, five bucks. I only did it once, but I still think it was interesting. Yeah. And that's a whole nother discussion too, is the, the transcripts for podcasts and that's, uh, I know something here, good stuff we've wrestled with is how to, at the scale that we're putting out shows, it's it's <laughs> yeah. hard to do, but then it would be great. And then just also the from the CMS and metadata kind of standpoint of how do you display that, you know, is it a, anyways. Um, yeah, that might be the biggest thing. I mean, just, or you could just play it out to Siri and let her transcribe it for you. And yeah. See what happens. <laughs> exactly. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> Uh, cool. All right. Well, where can uh, folks find you and, and if they want to know more about your shows and, and what you do? I think you can find most of it at uh, stallman.com, which is looks like a portfolio site when you hit it. There's a link to the podcast. There's links to wherever you can find me. Um, you know, Twitter, Instagram, I'm Stallman at all these things. So Nice. Or is that uh, a Squarespace site? Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. And then uh, the, the hosting is on Squarespace as well, which is pretty great, except the lack of analytics just kills me for the podcast. It's really frustrating. Oh, is that true? Like I I just put a, I just published a blog post the other day about, you know, hosting. People are asking me about hosting options for their podcast. And just on my personal blog, com, I post about that and mentioned Squarespace. I wasn't sure if they did analytics or not yeah not for podcasts there's uh, i can't even see a blip in my traffic since the podcast started really um and i'm running everything through uh pod tracker um or pod track right yeah and uh yeah there i mean it's it's doing a decent job there isn't a lot of documentation on there like it's hard to find some clear information but they um it works i don't know it's it's working uh i i do like the idea of like libsyn's altogether thing but the it's just so much cheaper to have dedicated hosting that uh, that I, I don't have to worry about file sizes. I don't have to worry about how many episodes I publish. I can just put it all up there, and it's it's going to work. So right. that part's nice. Yeah, yeah. So your host the file is hosted with Squarespace, but you just route it through PodTrack to. Yeah, that's right. But then I lose the, I can't track any listens on um, like the blog on the you know on the show page. Right. So I I don't know. I haven't been directing people to it because of that because I wanted to. <laughs> See the numbers, but I don't know. Someday I'll find a solution to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or Squarespace will hopefully. Yeah, and it's that's a funny one. Just given how many podcasts they do sponsor, that they're not. I'm sure if you pay them enough, or if you're a big enough <laughs> show, maybe you do get internal stats because then they want to sponsor you in turn or something. Yeah, I but, I know they care about podcasting. Like there's all sorts of functionality built in to support it, but 
I don't know. I, it feels like an oversight that they haven't done anything to address it yet. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And has it been overall, like you, I guess you kind of said, but is it, has it been a good experience hosting a podcast with, with Squarespace? And it has, yeah. And, I've, yeah. I've been with Squarespace for a really long time for portfolio stuff. So, I mean, I recommend it to photographers a lot of the time as well. So that, that thing that I'm still just paying the same price to have my, my photo portfolio and the podcast in the same place is, is, is pretty great. I, I really like it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're not a great company, I think. And they is, has you switched over to is it Squarespace Seven? They're up to now. I forget. Not that this is a yeah. Ad they can, for them, but. it felt like I I got forced to to upgrade. Um, but it, it, I honestly think they do a good job. It's hard to learn each thing that they do to move forward sometimes, but right. I I feel like it's worth it. They have really smart designers on board, and I I don't kind of mind following them as they they do these new things. I think it's I think it's worth it. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks for, for coming by. Thanks for the last minute booking so I didn't have to do a whole show by myself. <laughs> <laughs> no and, problem. Thanks, uh, Chris. Thanks for having me on. And uh, my thanks to Campaign Monitor, of course, and a small orange for supporting good stuff and Show Me Your Mic. If you'd like to support Show Me Your Mic and my podcasting efforts a little more directly, you can do so on my Patreon, patreon.com slash iChris. I'm iChris on Twitter if you want to follow me there. And uh, of course, good stuff underscore FM is where good stuff can be found. And uh, Show Me Your Mic has a, its own Twitter account, uh, S-M-Y-M underscore F-M. If you've got thoughts, comments, questions, concerns about the show, I'd love to hear them as well. Twitter or chris at goodstuff.fm is my email address. For now, thanks for listening and have a great day. Bye. <laughs>